it's another downer, a miserable end to a miserable season. Yeah, you're right. Can't say any more than that. Where does Sunderland go from here? What happens from here, David? Uh, it's Sunderland rebuild. What we said it was when I came in, I think everybody said that Sunderland needed rebuilding. But now being of one, Sunderland are relegated to League One. So Sunderland have bottled it once more, yet again, and it looks like we're getting relegated. Well, we are getting relegated. Pretty depressing, to be fair, at the minute. The, the games it's, themselves are not fun anymore. They, they are, we couldn't be entertained, allegedly. He steps up, back, he'll hit it right-footed, and he'll score! And Portsmouth have won the EFL Trophy! They win it 5-4 on penalties! Need to get the ball in now. In it goes. A chance. Bauer! He's done it! Promotion for Charlton Athletic with just seconds to go. If you're going through a hard time right now, if you've gone backwards instead of forwards in your life, if you're not where you want to be or not where you expect it to be at this point in your life, if you're going through a setback right now, I want you to know one thing. The comeback is always greater than the setback. Richard's not done yet, though. It's Ross Stewart! Sunderland took over Trafalgar Square last night. Now they're taking over football's most famous landmark. The misery in League One may be over. The championship is beckoning. Well, it's just, you know, I kind of, they came here and I felt like they were quite smug and they came with this Sunderland presence, you know, and I just wanted to let them know that you're in our house, do you know what I mean, and you play by our rules. This is Wickham, this is Adams Park, and we are who we are. We're second in the table, you are wherever you are, and it's just like, respect us. Welcome back to the Mackham in the Middle podcast and it is feeling excellent to say this is the first podcast we will be recording as a championship club. A 2-0 win in the playoff final on Saturday against Wickham, um, a team that I absolutely love to see lose a game like that and I'm sure we'll get into that as well but so many thoughts right now Dylan um, and I'm sure everyone's kind of the same and I've definitely a few bad heads in Sunderland and in Durham. And I'm definitely one of them as well. But like you just said, literally two minutes ago before we started recording, it just doesn't feel real yet, does it? No, definitely not. I mean, I'm sure we're all absolutely ruined today off uh, off, off the weekend. But I mean, it's been it's been what four years. We've had so many like just tin pot horrible moments in this league, and then it was just so like so surreal to to go to Wembley with a squad looking confident, a manager who's got the utmost confidence in what he does, 
um, just going and playing a team off the park and not having to not having to worry from beyond like I'd say the fifteen minutes. It was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, I don't know about not worrying. Like I think that was pretty much until the ninety fifth minute for me. Oh no no! So as soon as the first went in, I was like, I knew they'd have to they'd have to chase the game. And I don't know we got we got a bit shaky to, like about halfway halfway through, but then the, the second one went in just as I was like starting to panic about an equaliser. And then after that, I was just I was too busy screaming to care. Yeah, playing the Sunderland way, I suppose that is the best way of putting it. And John, you know, I think it was wise men say put on Twitter, um, and it's a very accurate thing. That's our first promotion in fifteen years. We've spent four seasons, four years in League One, never won a playoff final in the club's history up until Saturday. And I don't think we'd won at Wembley since 73. You know, we've had the Charlton game, the playoff game, where we conceded last minute um, in the first season. We lost to Portsmouth. Um, The one time we did win at Wembley was when there was no fans there. But, you know, just to finally get that promotion, get that win at Wembley, get the fans what they deserve... It is. It was just an incredible day. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a fantastic day. You know, from start to finish. And obviously, we've seen. You know, I've been trawling Twitter most of the morning and most of the night, just yeah. just looking at all the videos. If you you know, if you search the hashtag and SAFC and just just look for it, it was just an unbelievable uh, day for everyone. But it's it's a shame it's taken you know four years for you know us to get a manager who just. I'll, you know, I'll be blunt. He just knows how to get shit done. You know, wasn't yeah. always wasn't always pretty. You know, wasn't always easy on the eye. But do we care? You know, no one's really talking about performances from yesterday. You know, sort of. You know, as a team, we just we just got the job got the job done. And as as Dylan was saying, you know, we um, you know, we like I said, we we got the the job done there. And it um, I lost my train of thought now. Um, but yeah, like you know, we we score early goal when. You know the the onus is is on them to sort of come out a little bit and just just manage the game and you know in, in you know the time's gone by it's been a bit you know we're you know nervous as anything I wouldn't I wouldn't have said we were we were nervous just maybe at times we just needed to control the game a bit more but you know when when you got forty six thousand you know the atmosphere was was electric obviously we know we were all there um there, there's going to be that little bit of pressure but you know it's like we said it's it's a shame it's taken four years but. You know, it's good goodbye to League One and and hello Championship. Yeah, hopefully forever as well. I'll add that. Hopefully never again. We have to see a team like Wickham or a team in League One that will play that type of football. But like again, Dylan, you know, we've said it and we're going to keep saying it. It is four years we've been in League One. Um, lost in the playoff final, lost in the playoff semi final, lost in the cup final. There's been some absolutely horrendous times along the way, not just throughout the last four years, but this season as well. Obviously, going back to the Rotherham game, Sheffield Wednesday away, Bolton away, all games which I was lucky enough to beat to. Um, there was times, not just this season, but in other seasons where we've, you know, maybe been on a podcast or on Twitter where we've said, you know, we finally feel like we have got our club back and we're heading in the right direction. And then, you know, we might hit another bump and things might turn down again. But this is definitely that moment where things are, you know, heading in the right direction. We're where we want to be for this season, for next season. And there's just nothing that's gone wrong since Alex Neils came in. Yeah, no, hundred percent. He's, he's come in, he's steered the ship. He's, I think he's improved. Almost every single player has improved their form under him. He's, he's just, he's confident. He's never, he's never bothered. Like just talking bollocks in his interviews, say all oh, this and that. He just says, oh, we're going to do this. 
and it's fine. And then he goes and does it. And I mean, I think obviously, as you said, it's been, it's been four years, and I think the sort of jubilation really, really showed with the with the fans yesterday because uh, I'm not not even trying to be biased, but obviously I live like two minutes walk away from the stadium, so I've been here for yeah. FA Cup final, England games, every big game at Wembley this year, and nothing's even compared to to our fans yesterday. Like my flatmate texted me when we were lifting the trophy and said that he could hear the noise from inside his room and his window wasn't even open. So, I yeah. mean, it really showed yesterday that, like, it finally, finally looking good for, for Sunderland for once and, and everyone knows it. And I think we all had that, that feeling of, of just relief and, and sheer happiness yesterday. Yeah. And obviously, when any team gets promoted, John, you know, on the day, it is you know, a great feeling for everyone involved. But there will be people possibly listen to this, I don't know, but there's definitely people out there that just won't understand how much this means to Sunderland to finally get out of League One. You know, odds of getting promotion every season, you know, get lower, you know, the league gets better. And I think, I can't remember exactly the exact stat, but most teams that haven't been promoted in the first year or two of getting relegated to League One have then went on to spend, you know, 10, possibly more years in the league. So to anyone that doesn't understand how much this actually means to us, to Sunderland, to, to the players, you know, likes of Lyndon Goose, Luke O'Neill, Ed McGeady, who have been here from the start, it is hard to explain just how much it is. Yeah, of course it is. Like we like we said, it's, it's been a long slog. You know, I've, I think when the final whistle went, you know, my some of my thoughts were going back to, you know, even my youngest mentioned, he said, oh, I remember when we got smashed off Bolton and, you know, yeah. the Portsmouth game and, and it was it was yesterday that was like Dylan said it was a massive relief, um, and I, I think you could feel that it wasn't. I don't know if it was just that feeling, but there was there was a massive part of that that just thought, finally, you know, it's taken us like like we said, it's taken us four years, and it wasn't you know until after the Sheffield Wednesday game, and I just thought, if if you don't get up first time of asking, then you're you know I, I think we've done I'll say more than the hard yards here, you know we've 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 absolutely been for it all, you know the playoffs, the checker trade, and all. All that kind of stuff, um, you know. And eventually, it's taken us four years to to get it right. And I still, I think they're at the beginning of of that cycle, you know. Um, and I think you know teams like like that and your derbies who are coming down are going to have to sort of get used to that. But yes, they just it, it was just fantastic, you know, all round. Like like we're saying, the pit, just every single person, just everyone on the same same wavelength. I know, obviously, there's you know, something Twitter can be, <clears throat> you know, yeah, I'm not just saying Twitter, but you know, social media can can be a hard place at times for, for Sunderland with, you know, different things going on in the background. But it just seemed like yesterday, just just everything fell into place. And, you know, we, we've we got a manager and it, it just summed it up. We, we got the job done and that's 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 all you want. You know, don't get me wrong, we'd have probably all loved to scintillate in 5-0. It probably should have been 5-0 yeah. with the chances we missed. But at the end of the day, we've you can't grumble on a, you know, we, we scored, we, we sort of played decent enough football, we were resolute and... You know, a lot of the players we've had, you know, again, the final whistle, but looking back at the players, you know, who we've had and played at Wembley, and you just think they just wouldn't have coped, you know, under that pressure. And we've seen that, whereas, you know, these players and, and this manager and these coaching staff and everyone at the club at the moment just seem to be, you know, just just getting it done and meeting meeting the expectation. It's a shame it's taken that long, but finally we're there. And hopefully this is the start of a, I want to say rebuild, but... You know, I think the rebuilding's already begun when when sort of Alex Neil came in, and hopefully now we're on a an upward trajectory. Yeah, and obviously people will probably quickly forget it as well, Dylan. But you know, a lot of these players were brought in when Johnson was here, 
So, you know, like um, I think it was Alex Pritchard said after the game in his interview, he does deserve a lot of credit for what we achieved on Saturday um, in terms of, you know, bringing players in, uh, getting players, you know, from the likes of Callum Doyle. Obviously, speaking of that, had a lot of involvement in that as well. But this, again, just for the first time in years, feels like this squad of players, especially the managers, the coaching staff, everyone is on the same page. You know, you look at some of the celebrations from after the game, even the likes of Jack Clark, Patrick Roberts, Aidan McGeady, Lyndon Gooch, you know, players that quite possibly and quite likely won't even be here next season. You could see just how much it meant for them. And that's not been the case at Sunderland for a while. Yeah, no, definitely. You could you could, you could see, you just as, as you just said there, you could see how much it meant to the to players. Every single one of them they were all absolutely buzzing. Especially Gooch, Gooch for me, obviously. Yeah. Him and Emma have been here, been here for years now, come through the academy, and to finally get that, that big moment at Wembley where we've come out on top and they just hate them. They can just hear the fans absolutely screaming for them. I was I was delighted for the for the both of them. And uh, as you said, yeah, Lee Johnson definitely deserves some credit for because uh, he built the foundations of the squad, and then Alex Neal just come and took over the reins and and, and taken us the final the final uh, few yards throughout the second half of the season. But um, it's just nice to see. I think we had the perfect the perfect squad to do it on the day because we've got we've got the homegrown lads who know what it means, and then we've got the likes of Pritchard. Roberts, who were just quite clearly so far above League One level, yeah. it, was just, it was just really. I'm really delighted for the world that they managed to get the job done on the day. Obviously, I'm delighted for us, the fans as well. But uh, I can say it meant just as much to the players, which uh, which was really nice to see. Yeah, we'll get into the game, John, um, and then obviously there's a few other things we'll talk about at the end. But with every game at Wembley, especially a playoff final, um, but any you know any final in that matter. It's quite hard to enjoy the game, really, because of how much is at stake and, you know, the fact one mistake could essentially cost your season. But it didn't. Um, we got started pretty well. Um, Alex Pritchard's free kick, which I think most people in the stadium thought had gone in, hadn't. But, you know, from the first minute, Sunderland looked the better team. Yeah, very much a better team. Um, I think they're, you know, I think it was four minutes or so on the clock and already Stockdale was sort of on the floor and, you know, yeah. holding the ball. I, th- I, th- and I think wait. it was, yeah, I think it was two and a half minutes into the game. We went off for goal kick, and I think their defender kicked the ball away um, to waste time, and that was a nil-nil. So like you could, you could. That's a real indication of how much Sunderland were pressing early on in the game. Well, yeah, that's that's the tactic, and it It'd probably stay in the game, sort of 60, 70 minutes. You know, see if see if people get restless, see if they could deal with the pressure, then try and hit them. But you know, the best thing, and I said to the guy who was next to me, I, you know, the best thing that we can do is to hit them early. And if you do that, they then have to come out. And that's when there was there was the uh, space there. Obviously, the space opened up a lot more later on in the game when they had to chase it. Um, I thought we I thought we managed the game fairly well first half. Um, you know, I don't think they, they really did a lot. I don't think really threatened either. You know, it's, it's always one of them. And as soon as we come up against somebody, it's like, oh my God, they got super sound votes. Yeah. You know, and, he, and to be fair, it didn't, you know, he didn't really do anything. The the uh, Bailey Wright and um, Danny Bart sort of dealt with him, dealt with him relatively well. Um, so yeah, the first half one nil up. You can't you can't really grumble with that. I don't think. Yeah. Um, well, we did take the lead, of course, in the game, Dylan. And again, it was fairly early in the game. I think it was Pritchard um, gets the ball off on nine. Embleton takes it off him, goes on a run, smashes it into the back of the net, and I don't think anyone really cares how it went in. Um, all that matters it went over the line and it counted no VAR um, distractions for that goal and I don't actually think there was in the entire game which was quite pleasant to be honest but 
you know, what a time to to get the opening goal. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, the way like the the best thing to do is always get a goal as early as you can against a team like Wickham and then keep the con- control of it from there. And I mean, even people saying, "Oh, keep us in shape," should have saved it. This that it literally it doesn't matter because the goal, like the rest of the goal, was absolutely unbelievable. He took, as you say, he took the ball from the halfway line, just drove got themselves as far up the pitch as he could. And as soon as he saw the gap open, he just hoofed it. And also, I think it did swerve slightly through the air. Yeah. So I think that's why. I don't think it was as easy to save as people are making out. But, I mean, then 15 minutes in, you find yourselves 1-0 up against a side who are already looking as though they're breaking it. And then it took, I think it took them a good few minutes to sort of recover from that as well. And we just we just kept pushing on from there. So I, I, was, I was delighted that we managed to get an early goal. Yeah. And obviously, in the first half, John, there were so many chances Sunderland had. You know, I go back to that Ross Stewart one. I think it was Pritchard put ball in the box and it was their defender that missed it. Stewart's at the back post and he's just put it wide, you know, kind of full stretch. Not necessarily a great chance, but definitely a chance. Obviously, that Pritchard free kick, which, you know, we've seen him score from similar range multiple times just this season alone. Sunderland could have easily been out of sight at half time. Yeah, easily. Obviously, we've you know we've all watched it back, um, and the Stuart one at the back post is is probably easier than the goal we actually scores. Um, you know, we we know that we've got the quality in there, and it's, I think I was a little bit disappointed as well with with Pritchard's free kick. I was I was the other side of the goal, so obviously I saw it go wide, and I think people over your side obviously thought it was a goal, yeah. but yeah, it wasn't. Now, you know, people saying oh it's close, but it, it wasn't really close. So you'd expect him to do a bit better, but like you say, we if we had been I think two or three new up half time. I don't think anyone could have grumbled. Obviously, they they had their attacks. They you know they had to open up a little bit because of um, you know that, that we scored early. Um, I don't think we dealt with it you know too as well as maybe as well as we could in managing it. But ultimately, like I say, we we saw it to half time and we'll take a one nil uh, lead at Wembley. And it, it just felt a little bit different to you know I kept thinking about Char- back to Charlton where. You know, sim. I'd probably personally say it's a similar thing. You know, the goalkeeper mistake. I think if if Patterson lets that go in, that that um, their goalkeeper's letting. I'm, you know, I'm probably raging at that. That may be yeah. doing him a disservice. But you know, I'm 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 not having that one uh, at all. You know, and then you're always thinking, you know, we we definitely need that second goal just to kill it because you never know for something. One, you know, Akin Fenway. To be fair, when he come on, you know, he's only got to do one good thing, and it's one 0 and then tails are up and then you know then you'll see do, can we deal with it um, so it was it was nice to see this time you just felt that we could just you know we, we were sort of just holding them back like you know holding someone just on their forehead while they're swinging it's like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and then then you hit them and and, and for me that, that's what we saw yeah well it was 79 minutes it took Dylan for us to get the second goal um, and again, you know, a very, very well-worked goal, especially in the build-up. I think it was Pritchard and Roberts, you know, played a 1-2, played a 1-2 again. Pritchard gets the ball back off and plays into Stewart um, in a yard of space in the centre of the box. And, you know, as soon as he hit that and you see the goalkeeper flat-footed and, you know, you see the ball rolling over the line, I don't think I've celebrated a goal as much in my life. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It was just, it was unbelievable. Just what, what a finish as well. I mean, that was, as you said, Akin Fenwar had, uh, had come on when they start. I think that was when they started to just get themselves in the game a bit more. And I was just starting to think, oh, could there be a chance of an equaliser here? And then Stewart's just smashed the bottom corner, keepers played, got his feet planted, 
and it was it was just the, the perfect time to put like I said our dominance on the on the rest of the game. I mean, it, like at that point, that was as soon as soon as we realised that oh my god, we're actually could be going up here. And I mean, I think everyone everyone saw the limbs. Everyone probably felt the limbs. I know I ended up on the floor at one point. Yeah, <laughs> it just, and it was just it was unbelievable. Yeah, and pe- people always say the first goal in the game is the most important, John. But I don't think that, especially in a final of that magnitude with that much at stake, I don't think that is the case. You know, that first goal obviously knocked Wickham a little bit, but I don't think it changed too much how they would play. You know, they were still trying to be resolute at the back and not give away any chances and, you know, hope to just get a good ball in the box and, you know, maybe take one chance to get. But as soon as that second goal goes in, especially against a team like Wickham, who then have to try and play football to to beat you, that's when, you know, you can really see the difference in class. And like we said, multiple times, someone could have scored another three or four after the second goal as well, which given there was only 10 minutes left to play, it just shows, you know, how much Wickham had to do to try and get back into the game after that. Yeah, you know they're they're a solid enough team. Um, I, I, personally, I do think the early goal was has changed the dynamics a little bit. You know, if, if they score first or keep it at nil nil, like I said, I think it get they get much more resolute and try to frustrate us. But you know, you take, take your chance on on eighty minutes because I think I was I was talking to the guy. You know, never met him before in my life, but obviously we're best of mates now. I was talking to the guy next to us, and um, just before the goal, we said our oh, Doyle was coming on. And he said to me, oh, I'd prefer a second goal before we bring Doyle on. Um, and then obviously straight away, Pritchard nips inside into Stewart and then literally we kill the game, you know, 2-0. Like you say, it's game over because they're not gonna they're not gonna come back in any way, shape, or form with how with how solid we are. And then obviously you bring Doyle on and, and manage the game out. So yeah, I think I think the goals came at crucial points. Don't get me wrong, we probably could have scored another five, and that's not being, you know, that's not being uh over you know, overconfident. Um, and obviously we've, you probably got to give a shout out to, was it just before that, you know, when the the bounce obviously evades Bailey Wright and goes over his head and, you know, yeah. your, your head, your heart's in your hands almost. And it's, you know, what, what can we do? And then, you know, up, you know, start of the season, up steps Anthony Patterson, who's sort of third choice and probably wasn't even supposed to be here if, you know, Hoffman and Burge hadn't had their, their uh, their health issues um, and and pulls out an absolute top draw save that you know in years gone by that probably would have scurried underneath him and and gone in and you know we, it's it's a totally different outcome maybe so you've you know it's it was the moments in the games that, and for some reason I don't know why but for some reason it just it just went our way and finally you know and hopefully like like we said we're on a we're on a sort of a turning point now and you know the, you know the the Wembley hoodoo with you know that Alex Mills has got nothing to do with it anymore. You know yeah. it's that's firmly put to bed now. I think you know because you know these players have dealt with with the pressure of playing in front of forty six thousand. Who, to be fair, you know demand a lot, but you know that when it's given back, it's it's reciprocated. So you know it's it was a it was a good one around. Yeah, obviously since we've been in League One, Dylan, there hasn't really been many moments or minutes, I should say, that you've been able to enjoy as a Sunderland fan. Uh-huh. Most of the time it has been depressing, but like I said, 10 minutes left to play, Sunderland were 2 nil up. And I think most people, even the most pessimistic of Sunderland fans, and there's definitely some out there, pretty much knew the game was done then. Um, you know, like I said, Wickham had to throw everything forward and you know that left space in behind when Clark came on, who also looked dangerous when he did so. But for them, 10 minutes, I think that is probably the first time you've been able to watch Sunderland play in League One and just not worry 
and just enjoy the occasion. Oh, 100%. That was the most stress-free, enjoyable 10 minutes of football I've experienced for God knows how long. I mean, <clears throat> as soon as... as soon Lost him. I'll go over to you for that one, John. I think I, uh, I missed that one as well. I think my, my signal went down. Yeah. Oh, and League, League One, obviously enjoying uh, when have we been able to enjoy it? There, like you say, there, there hasn't been many times, many times at all. Um, I, was, I was even trying to think back yesterday when, you know, have we ever been at a point in this league where it's, you know, it, it's been sort of a stress for, you know, we've, we know we've been sort of five, five new up in games and they've been really good performances but it's always been put to bed and let's go again and and I think I think maybe we're you know we're looking at Alex Neal and when you know when you when you interview him after a game and he's you know he's he's going for his for his uh, his press conference and you know like, can, can you enjoy this one it's like well we've literally enjoyed it now we've said the job needs to be done we've got the job done we're moving to the next one now in fairness for the moment there isn't a next one it's almost like a like we we're saying at the start of the pod, it's a relief, the relief that we've got there. Um, and like you say, those those ten minutes, you know, it it was just like you say, carefree. The the atmosphere was maybe turned up a notch, one or two, um, which you'd you'd expect. And then yeah. I'm not sure where they they said five minutes, but it felt more like nine or ten. Yeah. Um, you know, the last which which got a bit edgy and nervy because you never know with Sunderland. Um, but yeah, like you say, it's. You know, for those ten minutes, we were just we were just on absolute cloud nine. Um, and to be fair, we we probably deserve it. Yeah. Um, and I'm presuming Dylan's back. And I'll say I think we'll probably just skip the player ratings for this one because I would probably feel like I would have to give everyone a nine or a ten because I just think it, you know it was a team effort. Everyone put the performance in that they needed to do. No one had a bad game, and the effort from everyone is what won us the game. Yeah, yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, everyone just just give it every fibre of their being from the from the first blow of the whistle to the to the final one, and uh, and they certainly did us proud. And like everyone, everyone did their part. However, for me, Anthony Patterson was uh, was our best player. Like I, was, I know, I know, Pritchard got man the match, but I think it was very. I think uh, Patterson was very hard done by walking off that field without having a the man the match award. But everyone was unbelievable, and as you said, they're all they're all nines or tens, you no know, like. Because we're, we're we're promoted, so does any any minor mistakes that were made in that match do not matter now. It's in the past, and so is that division. Yeah, and I suppose that leads on to John. Who would you go with for man of the match? We'll have to play ratings, like I said, but we'll give a man of the match. Uh, I can't disagree at all with with what Dylan was saying. I thought Patterson, you know, commanding in his box. You look at what happened at, at Wickham; they would have said the same. You know, get around the kid. You know, he's he's still a kid. He's a young lad. He's really quiet. Obviously, I've briefly spoke to him before and even the coaching staff said, oh, you'd lucky to get two words out of him. You know, it's a, it's a fair play to him, you know, on, on the biggest stage, you know, in front of 46,000, you know, local lads, there's good, there's a lot of pressure on him. You know, he's keeping, you know, as a keeper who's on the books of Bayern Munich and, and Lee Burge, who's, you know, who's played in the championship before, um, you know, he, he's keeping those two out. So, you know, yesterday they, they would have targeted him to it, to be fair. We've been crying out for a keeper who can come out and claim crosses and he did that he did that with ease. I didn't see him. I didn't see him drop one ball at all, apart from once in the warm-up um, and the save. You know, he 
any goalkeeper coach, not that I am one, but will tell you as soon as you're one-on-one with someone and come out, spread yourself as big as you can. Yeah. And again, that's all you can ask. And that, that keeps us, that keeps us in the game. It's, you know, it, it's other players, you know, Bailey and other players out. Obviously, Bailey Wright's just misjud- misjudged the ball. It's obviously just bounced, you know, one-on-one. And you've got to have your keeper there doing that type of thing. So, yeah, for me, uh, Anthony Patterson all the way. But I think it was, I think it's very much, I think we're very much a machine in in the sense that it's everyone doing their jobs. Like, I'd say Luke 09 was fantastic yesterday without, without, you know, really doing anything sensational, if you know what I mean. I thought, you know, mm. just just in the tackle and the blocks and and that type of thing. And, and the contrast you'll see is, I think, in the second half when they did have a few long shots, you saw our players, Bailey Wright, Danny Bart, just throwing themselves in front of the ball. If you look at the defending for, for Ross Stewart's goal, taking nothing away from him, but they just they just sort of back off, stand off him. With us, you don't see that. It's bodies on the line. And that's that that was the difference for me. But yeah, very, very solid performance all round. But yeah, Pat's a man of the match. Sorry to be so uh, long-winded. <laughs> <It's all right. laughs> um obviously we're gonna do another podcast anyway, Dylan, to kind of talk about well, this season and, and look ahead to next season a little bit more. But you know, we've said multiple times now about Alex Neal and, you know, what he's changed. He's, he's been brought in. He's improved us defensively, um, which was literally the one thing that we needed to change. You know, if you improve our defence, stop us leaking goals, chances are we would have got promoted because scoring goals wasn't an issue. You know, Ross Stewart, 26 goals he's finished on this season. Alex Pritchard, one of, if not the best player in the league in terms of creativity and even goal contributions. I think he got quite a few this season, Embledon as well. So it was always just a case of sorting out the defence. That's what he's done. And like we've said a few times now, if there's any manager that we've had in the last five, six, God knows how many years that you would trust us at the next level, it is Alex Neal. And like I said, we'll get on to next season in a later pod, but you just really don't know how far he could take us. Yeah, no, 100%. It's just like, I'm sure everyone's in the same boat when I say that. I feel so much just optimism going forward with Alex Neil at, at the helm. And I mean, like, as you said, it's been it's been absolutely years since I've had a manager who just, you just know is capable of like doing what needs to be done. Like, I feel so much different. Like, even so, obviously, when he, when he was here, I thought Lee Johnson was the man. But now that Alex Neil's here, it's so night and day that. He's that like Alex Neal's just an, uh, like above this level, and hopefully he's going to take us take us further. And there's no reason why. I mean, obviously, give it some time. I don't want to be jinxing anything, but you've seen managers take teams from League One to the top end of the Championship or even the Premier League. So I mean, it, as 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 they say, things can only get better from now. Yeah, and you know there is so much that we could talk about, John. But without you know kind of going into what we would talk about in the next podcast. Um, there are players out of contract. There are players that look like they will be returning to parent clubs. Obviously, I think Diaku is one that will definitely be staying because I think we have an obligation to buy him. If we got promoted, I could be wrong on that, but I'm sure we'll find out in the next few days. But Nathan Broadhead looks like he could be going back to Everton. Jack Clark, um, you know, a few others like I said, Lyndon Gooch, McGeady, Bailey Wright out of contract as well. How important do you think it is, you know, off the back of, you know, a playoff win, you know, the best way you can possibly get promoted, I think, um, 16 games unbeaten, playing, you know, some of the best football in terms of, you know, tactically and effectively that we have in League One. How important is it to keep this squad together and obviously add a few more additions in the summer? Yeah, I think, 
I think that's quite quite a big job, and I still think we've got quite a big a big sort of I don't again I don't want to call it a rebuild, but we've got you know a, a lot of things to to do with the squad. Obviously, you're looking at players like you know your Lyndon Gooch and and your Bailey Wright, who you'd think would you know you'd you'd maybe want to keep, um, but you know what. What is the plan when we do go up? Is the plan to, you know, replace them? Obviously, we don't want to play Lyndon Gooch at right back. Um, but is he going to be an option sort of on the wing that Alex Neal's happy to go with? Um, other players such as, you know, Clark uh, um, will, will probably return um, to to Spurs. Uh, would, would we get him back on loan? Obviously, it's a possibility. Um, I think that there's so many, you know, I could, I could go for those like, like Hoffman. He probably wants to play first team football. I doubt he's going to get it here. So we've we've maybe seen the last of him. Obviously, I'm not sure with Dayaku. You know, it's it's going to be a tough one if if Alex Neal hasn't even really had him in and around the squad at all. Um, so yeah. that's that's uh, a tough one. But then you know you look at Patrick Roberts, who seems to have. I think he's looking for somewhere where he feels loved, and I think he's slowly just about getting there. Um, so I think he's one that could could possibly stay. But I still think it's a massive. Yeah, a massive job in the summer um, to add to. I think that we've got a bad squad, you know, if if you think about obviously, you know, Niall Huggins, who we've got to come back in. Um, you know, what's what's the state of play with Jordan Willis? We've got obviously Jamajli, does he stay? You know, probably not. So there's there's going to be a big turnover, which might, I think, force the hand of, you know, start re-signing players like Bailey Wright and Lyndon Gooch to keep them as, you know, even if we do upgrade, those are still going to be squad players. Um, obviously, we need you know we need another striker. You know the you know Burge is probably out of contract, so we probably need another keeper. Um, we probably still need you know another left back to cover circuits. There's there's so much like up in the air. Like you said, we could talk all talk all day about you know so many players. Um, I think the good thing is we've got most of them. You know, sort of Pritchard um, at least has got another year. We can maybe get. I, was, I expect McGeady's probably the last one. Uh, sorry, the one who's who's going to go out the door. And you think the money he's on, which that will free up a lot of space for for other people to come in. But yeah, again, like I said, it's, it is a massive, massive job for the summer. Yeah, and obviously, you know, there's so much that will happen over the next few weeks in terms of you know we'll find out who's getting a new contract, who's staying, who's leaving, um, and of course the transfer rumours. Have probably already started. I think they have in terms of one or two players. Obviously, Bellingham, Jude was at the game yesterday. Um, whether that was to do with the rumours of his brother signing for us if we got promoted, I don't know. Whether he was just there because, obviously, previous links with the likes of Speakman and and whatnot when he was at Birmingham, that is yet to or be seen. A, or is it? Or he's a massive lads fan. And he could be signed for us in the summer. I would definitely take him. I think. I think he'd be an improvement. Been no, just about, yeah. Jude, Pritchard, and maybe another midfielder we could bring in. Tag his brother as well. Too many. Get him as well. Too many. Wow. Go all out for it. But obviously, like I said, there's so much that is going to happen over the summer. Um, I don't know when the next season starts, but it's going to be a long wait, I can tell you that for free. Um, But for now, and especially with this podcast, it is literally just a case of enjoying the fact that we've achieved what we've been waiting to achieve for four seasons now. We're finally over the line, finally heading back to where we want to be. It, it, like I said, literally just a case of enjoying it. Yeah, no, 100%. I think it's going to be a much more enjoyable experience this summer. I think we're going from thinking, oh, what are we going to do in the summer in a sense of who are we going to sign to get us up because we've not managed to do it this time or the time before. Is Now it's like, I'm very excited to see what we're going to do 
because there's the foundation there to build on and to like just to improve the side. And it's gonna be it's gonna be very fun and hopefully a very very good season ahead. And I mean, obviously, as we said, there's a lot of players need to come in. There some some will stick around, but there's no point building a team with aims of finishing mid table. So let's just let's just hope they build the best side possible. And let why why not? Let's get back to back promotion. Tom Flanagan said it was possible and he's gone now, but maybe his uh, maybe his ideas can can reign true. Yeah. And and again, John, that's probably something we'll discuss later in the week or next week or whenever we do another podcast. But the opportunity to achieve something again next season isn't something that should be ignored, really. You know, Sunderland of a, of a big club, whatever people will tell you. Um, obviously, depending on what happens in the Premier League games later on today, I think they'll probably be finished and completed by the time this is out. But, you know, Leeds could get relegated. But Sunderland will be one of the best supported, one of the biggest clubs in the Championship next season. Um, obviously, the season before this one, there was a rumoured £60 million transfer budget. Had we got promoted under Lee Johnson, the truth in that, I don't know. Again, that's something we'll wait and see over the summer. But when you've got Alex Neal, he, he's achieved promotion to the playoffs with Norwich in the Championship. We can attract players, you'd like to think, and you'd like to think we have the money to uh, bring you know quality in young players in, bleed them through the first team. Like I said, that you just really don't know what next season could entail. No, you don't. I think that's that's the bit of excitement. Um I think maybe behind you know, behind closed doors it will be a a sort of get up and sort of steady the ship and, you know, sort of a comfortable mid table place. Um, you know, and if 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 and when you do that sort of fairly early on, there's always that you know, that you might get the, uh, you know, sort of sneak into the playoffs. I think we've got, we've got a really good squad that's got the potential, I think, you know, like I said, with, you know, Sirkin, who's got a year under his belt and, um, you know, sort of players like him, if we can add the quality and we, like you say, we should be able to attract the players, you know, we've got Jack Clark to come to League One. We've got Patrick Roberts to come to League One. We've got Pritchard to come to League One. We've even got Alex Neal to come, you know, to come here, certainly when we go up to the championship you know people will want to come and play people will see the scenes they saw yesterday um you know and want to come here and want to play and that's that's how it should be um and I think again that adds to the you know that adds to the excitement I'm probably half nervous half excited for what you know for what it will bring um but you know we know under Alex Neal he's he's got a uh, a knack of getting the job done um and if he if you can get the job done for us next season then you know that'll be that would be absolutely fantastic, but maybe just there on the side of caution and just we'd probably take a you know a mid table um you know it's season for, for one absolutely season. At the minimum stay up, I think. Yeah, well yeah, yeah, sort of your your mid table I think I would take because I think in fairness we we have got the players. I think we've got a lot of players who um could have played you know he's probably sort of a good player for, for the championship. You know, you get a lot more space. Um, I think that will suit types of players like, you know, Jack Clark and, and Patrick Roberts, where they can flourish maybe a little bit more. Um, you know, let's see if Ross Stewart can step up. I'm sure, I'm sure he can. Um, you know, and let's let's see. You know, at the end of the day, we're we're here to enjoy it. So let's let's go and do that. Yeah. Well, we'll leave it there. Like I said, we'll have another podcast at some point, hopefully in the next week. I don't know when that will be arranged in due course, but we'll look at the whole season pick out you know the best moments the worst moments best players and of course look ahead to next season and kind of decide what we think you know could happen 
um, address any rumours that might have come up between now and then. Of course, you'd like to think or possibly assume that contracts will have been dealt with by the time we get around to recording that. I think Lyndon Gooch said that he's going to sit down with Alex Neal on Tuesday to talk about his future at the club. And I imagine that's going to be the same with a few other players. So we will see about that. But whatever happens, it's going to be an exciting time. Um, you know, like I said, the transfers, just everything now, you know, it, it's kind of stress-free. There's no kind of pressure on Sunderland anymore. You know, when you're in League One, the expectation is always to get promoted. We've finally done that. We're in the championship now. And of course, we don't want to be here for too long. But there's no real expectation there's no underdog story whenever any team comes to play us. There's going to be no time waste and this, that and the other. It's going to be a complete fresh start for Sunderland and everyone involved. You know, hopefully that stadium light is packed out again. You know, open day of the season. Leeds at home would be perfect or better. Someone like that would be an excellent way to start the season and hopefully, you know, achieve something again. But like I said, we'll have another podcast out in the next week or so discussing all of that. And until then, drink plenty. And we'll see you there. That's all, folks.